0: Good news, my new book is almost here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth. And while it doesn't officially come out with Sounds True until May 7th, you can pre-order it now. And when you do, you'll receive up to $500 in additional gifts and resources to support you on your healing journey. I wrote this book because in the four-year span between 2016 and 2020, I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked every area of my life, health, relationships, finances, career, social status, and even my very identity. Along the way, I experienced firsthand just how dysfunctional our culture's relationship to loss really is. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success, Shackled with isolation, and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and evolution, not only as individuals, but as a species. So, this book expands the conversation around grief and loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we cover those too, to include falls from grace of all kinds personal, professional, and collective. This includes the end of a relationship or job, death of a loved one. A natural disaster or a war, infertility, abortion, or a financial crisis. Also, when we're going through hard times, we're encouraged at every turn to hurry up and get on with it. But by trying to power through these messier seasons of life, we're denying ourselves the very answers to our healing and growth. Whether you're experiencing hardship right now, or you know that you have past hurts that are holding you back and still need healing, this book will support you. Handbook for the Heartbroken will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. Within the loving pages of this book, you'll have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. You can download your free chapter now and pre-order the book to receive all those bonuses at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. That's handbookfortheheartbroken.com. I also want to add that pre-ordering the book now is the very best way that you can support me as an author and the health of this book when it enters the world in May. It signals to booksellers to stock the book at that time and in turn, make it available to more people who need it. So, thank you for your pre orders. Thank you for your support. And I look forward to continuing to deepen together in this important conversation over the coming months. Hello, sisters. Welcome to She Talks and welcome home. I'm Sarah Von Stover. And in case you're joining us for the first time, first, a little bit of background about this podcast. She talks as a space for you to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. It offers spiritual teachings with a particular slant towards the sacred feminine, because I found in the world of spirituality there is a real lack of a feminine perspective, from things like meditation all the way to talking about more taboo things like our cycles or our sexuality. So throughout the month of January, I'm offering a special series here called Bubble Bath Wisdom because bubble baths happen to be my favorite mode of winter self-care. And each talk is an excerpt from one of my recent retreats ranging from 15 to 20 minutes or the length of one delicious bubble bath. And they'll all help you put self-care and spiritual practice on autopilot in the year ahead. Now, at the end of each clip, I'll also share a guided yoga or meditation practice to help you embody the teachings. These talks and practices will help give you a taste of my signature program, The She School. This nine-month spiritual practice community for women starts soon, and I only open up registration once a year, specifically right now. <laughs> and the She School has been a beloved staple of my global women's community for years. It breathes to life the teachings and practices in my two best selling books, The Way of the Happy Woman and The Book of She. And if you're curious about learning more, you can visit thesheschool.com. Now, a little background about today's episode. First, there's some explicit language in here, just a little bit. So if you have Your kiddos around, be sure to put your headphones in. And second, this is a pep talk that I gave during a group mentoring call last year to an intimate group of women who were training to lead their own The Way the Happy Woman retreats. So you'll hear me talking about things like guiding other women and behind the scenes information about my personal teaching philosophy. I know that many of us here are yoga teachers or nutritionists, coaches, leaders of some sort. So hopefully you'll find that information interesting and applicable to your own work. And if you're not a leader, there's plenty of other information in here about meditation that I know you'll find really helpful. And since like the She School, this leadership training is designed to be a heroine's journey, these women were right at that point on the path the midpoint when they wanted to give up. They felt discouraged, doubtful of themselves and needing a jolt of clarity. So listen in and learn how I rallied them forward so they could claim the bounty of their true empowerment at the end of that initiation. It's advice that we can all use to place the sacred back where it belongs, at the center of our lives. Enjoy.
1: So I want to start out uh, with a quote by a woman named Elizabeth Lesser. One does not practice meditation to become a great meditator. We meditate to wake up and live, to become skilled at the art of living. So something that we're going to be doing today is doing a meditation practice together and talking a little bit about a meditation celebration that I want to, rather than challenge, a meditation celebration to invite you all into um, during this month as kind of a, a basic bare bones minimum daily practice for those days when you feel that you have a lot going on and when you might otherwise tend to ignore your cushion or your mat. So we're going to be doing that together in a little bit. So all of us need support with mindfulness. We all need support with, like I shared in this month's talk, and keeping our mind with our bodies as much as possible. It's really challenging, as we all know. <laughs> and to start to realize like the ultimate potential of the human being, which is to turn the mind onto the mind, to use the the more antagonistic, unskillful, coarse parts of the mind to train up the actual nature of mind, which is boundless, is open, is free of conditioning or identification or any sort of limitation. And so this obviously requires the word that the Buddha used the most in his teaching, uh, many say, is the word cultivation. So it requires daily cultivation. And the, the lineage of meditation that is in the Way of the Happy Woman is Buddhist, but it is also important to note that we are a non dogmatic approach. So someone doesn't have to be Buddhist or a Hindu or whatever. It's a multi it's for multi-denominations, multi-multiple perspectives, and this is why this is why we don't use Sanskrit words, or we don't use any sort of like spiritual lingo or jargon in these workshops or in this method. We keep the language really plain and simple and accessible, like in every woman's language, so that no one feels excluded. So, mindfulness meditation, and also meditations on cultivating the qualities of the awakened heart, which is you know the loving kindness, the compassion, the sympathetic joy being happy for the, the, the good things that happen to others and equanimity. so that we can start to perfume our inner landscape with these qualities ideally at the beginning of the day, uh, especially on a day when we're going to teach, so that we are coming from that that place of inner kindness. And this is what we also want to help other women with. Ultimately, we want to be giving them the tools to be able to self-heal and the tools to be able to use for the rest of their lives to keep going deeper through the layers to get to their essence, past the noise of the mind, past discomfort of the body, past chaos of or trauma of one's life. It is um, the way the happy woman is really about empowerment, self-empowerment. So as this, you have all seen that a lot of this training is requires inner work. This is the inner work of leadership. And as I spoke about in this month's teachings, that is often messy and uncomfortable. So vulnerability and change and growth are messy and uncomfortable at times. So we need to stay in that perspective that more unconventional perspective, but that the, the very right view, right with a capital R, that this is the way things are, that we're not here for everything to be um, flowing along smoothly and to have no obstacles. This is the path of transforming obstacle into opportunity. So in uh, Tibetan Buddhist traditions, they often they have prayers to receive more suffering and hardship because they know that those are the opportunities to grow. When, and when everything is easy and just flowing really well, like we don't really have the fire under our butt to want to do anything differently than how we're doing it. So in a lot of ways, you know, like in the Zen tradition, there's a saying to practice like your hair is on fire, to live like your hair is on fire. We're all dying. So how, you know, how are we going to, how are we practicing in a way that is really going to allow us to be with that discomfort, the ultimate discomfort, not just of going into winter, but of all of us becoming sick and of, of aging even more than we've already aged and ultimately of dying, and who knows what kind of death, and witnessing the death of others. So when we're leaders of this work, we don't shirk away from the truths of our lives. We, we stay awake to them every day, and through our teaching, we, we help other women to stay awake to them, too, and stay out of the, the fantasy of the fairy tale, So it is a happily ever ever after, but it's a very different one. It's one that is rooted in an indestructible sense of inner joy that comes from knowing the true nature of our mind, the true awakened essence of our hearts. So within this, along our journeys of initiation, we need to stop fearing failure. Failure is part of the journey uh, one of my teachers, Richard Freeman, says real yoga begins at the point of failure. So true. That's something that's worth writing down and returning to. So if things are not going well, it's, a, you know, a part of you needs to be up, jumping up and down. Like, yes, this is, this is my portal to my initiation. This is my portal to becoming a more powerful practitioner, woman, leader. And within all of this, within that larger umbrella that the way the happy woman is non-dogmatic, of course, we need to try on what we're given, so try on the practices Take them on full-heartedly as long as they're not injurious to you. And if you see over time that something really works for you, then keep it. And if you see that something doesn't work for you, then don't keep it. It's as easy as that. So there's sovereignty on the path, too, both within this course, within anything you do in your life, and in the way that you lead your, your students, the, the women who come to you. So we're going to do a kind of mini, mini practice, uh, one that you can do on those days when you, when you don't have time to practice. And to note that when you're feeling a strong emotion, when you are feeling really tired, when you are sick or injured, or in a major life transition, like this past week, I've been in a major life transition with moving. And it just shakes things up at every level. There's no avoiding it, and it takes takes time for the dust to settle. You know, not just in the house, but in in all areas. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to practice. And it's not a practice out of out of a should, as a, as I was saying in the talk. But it's a practice out of okay, things are more challenging right now than they usually are. So I need, I need space to cultivate my inner support, to recenter my mind, to become present, to help the parts of my body that are really aching from lifting and moving and being on my feet all day. How can I do that? What's the minimum I can do to have the maximum results? because time is limited. So this is part of our meditation celebration this week. And it's about a 20-minute practice. Um, It could be reduced even more down to just 12 minutes. Who doesn't have 12 minutes in a day? And the times when things are challenging... Are the times that are most important to practice because think about, think about when the shit really hits the fan. If you're in a car accident, if you are on life support or, you know, in in the hospital or someone that you love is in the hospital, if you are pregnant and on bed rest, if you you're, you know, some of you in here, you've injured your back in your and you're bedridden for a while. What do we do during those times? Like, even when we're sick, that's the best time to practice. And even just to just to lay in bed, and set your timer for 12 minutes or however long you're practicing, and just be aware and go into the pain, go into the discomfort. Not to wallow or to create stories about it, but just to become curious about it, to open to it and allow it to be here. And this is what we lead women through in our workshops. If we can't be with our own discomfort, we will not be able to hold space for other women and theirs. It just it doesn't work. That's why the inner work here is absolutely essential. You have to weather over and over and over again your own ups and downs to hold space for other women to do that in your presence and that's not something that you can learn by reading a book or listening to an audio, it can only come from your direct experience, I cannot give that to you you need to cultivate that and you could not want to do that and that is totally okay I, do, I would not have any judgment. During that particular
0: month of the leadership training, I was encouraging women to prioritize their daily sitting practice as part of our one-month meditation celebration. And here today, I'm about to lead you through a meditation practice if you want to do something similar on your own. But before we do that, I want to give you a little context about the group of women I was speaking to on this call. You see, we're a really intimate sisterhood here at The Way the Happy Woman, and we actually feel a lot like a family. I've known and worked closely with these women in the She School for years before they're invited to join the leadership training. And in fact, the She School is a prerequisite for the training and then to be able to go on to teach The Way the Happy Woman retreats. Because this nine-month program, The She School, offers a really firm foundation in inner leadership. In our sovereignty, so that one can then go on to become a powerful leader for others. And now let's move on to that meditation practice. If you need to, go ahead and pause the audio to get set up to sit, either in a chair or on a cushion on the floor, making sure that your hips are higher than your knees. And we'll do a short 12-minute practice. You'll hear me use a term, half agatika. One Gataka is 24 minutes, and it is a term used in ancient India to measure time. Half a Gataka then is 12 minutes, which is a very doable dose of meditation for every woman. Please note that I leave a lot of silence in this practice. I think that silence is super important for us and one of the key missing ingredients in our lives to help us actually hear our inner wisdom. So, during those pauses, if your mind wanders, simply come back to focusing on your breath, either the movement of your belly as you inhale and exhale, or the feeling of your breath flowing across your upper lip. And if you're used to meditating with your eyes closed, today we're going to try it with our eyes open to help cultivate a state of alert, relaxed inner warriorship. All right, let's practice. And now we're ready for our meditation. If you need to shift positions, go ahead. We'll sit for a half a gatika. We'll sit with eyes open. It's part of this warrior training. So you can see that when we sit with our eyes open, it's a really good training for how we spend most of our days, which is upright interacting with life. So we sit with open heart. mind and ears ready for anything Staying with our concentration practice. And we're adding in something for when we notice that we're distracted. We notice when we're focusing on anything other than the breath. We add in the label to say we hear a sound add in the label either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral as a way of noting what's here and our response to it. do that with physical sensations, thoughts, tastes, temperatures, emotions, or any stimulus in our outer inner environment just noting our response to it. Pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. It's a good place to feel neutrality is our earlobes. They never feel unpleasant or pleasant. They're just earlobe neutral. What's here now? Pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. What is here and what is our response to it? a story, just a quick noting and attending and then concentrating on the breath. We're narrowing down our intake of reality, finding it to strengthen our minds. It's here now. Stretch out your legs. If you need to use the restroom, this is a good time. And clear off our mats for yoga practice. I hope this offers you some support in making your daily meditation seem less like a chore and more like a devotional practice to help you really enjoy this life. And if you're longing to live more of these teachings in your daily world, come on over and explore The She School at thesheschool.com. Our nine-month journey starts in just a couple of weeks, and it would be an honor to hold your hand and shine the light on your path into your head. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support, and thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.